welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schippel. And that is Steve Jones. And today on the program, we have Essence back on the program. Uh, we had her on, I don't know, five or six episodes ago or something? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was um, quite a pleasure having her on the program. Yes. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk to her in just a little bit and uh, about Bernie and the Believers and their mission to get to Washington, D.C., uh, before we do, Jens, uh, we didn't bring this up in the last podcast, but uh, how do you get a hold of us? What's a, what are some good ways? Well, um, that's an excellent question. And uh, luckily, reaching us is not difficult. So we've got social media, okay. Facebook. So go to facebook.com slash concert pipeline. Pod. Pod. That's the key. You have to put the pod yes. behind the concert pipeline. Uh-huh. You can also find us without the pod, just concert pipeline, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Yes, that's great. Am I leaving no, anything you, out? No, I think Is that Periscope, Periscope sometimes. Yeah, yeah go, Periscope so. sometimes. But um, yeah, that's it. All right. Okay, so Jens, before we get into um, our guest, uh, let me first tell you a parenting story because I know you want to know you want to be up in the lives of my kids, right? I do. I want to know what's going on. I want to hear the parenting story, but I want you to continue that nose breathing shit that you're doing. Right, (laughs) you're right up in there. Okay, I'll get right on that. Uh, Okay, and uh, so parenting story. This uh, this past weekend, uh, uh, the uh, first sort of sleepover ever happened at, at my house, and uh, my buddy Joe, who's going to be on episode two hundred, I believe, um, and used to co-host the podcast. His uh, son George uh, spent the night uh, over at my house. That was the first sleepover you've had. I don't. I'm not going to let like Fern's friends come over and have and be responsible for. You know, uh, prepubescent girls. Like I'm not doing that. Uh, like that's no. Uh, that that is the first sleepover. Yeah, <laughs> that has occurred. And so I'm like, okay. And single parent here, right? I'm like, I want to be juggling three children. So right, outnumbered. So you're not getting any help here, right? It's not like the other parents are also spending the night. No, no. They went to a, a dinner in the city uh, oh. for for um, for for. George's mom's birthday. So sleepovers are like, hey, Steve, it's okay if we dump your kids at your place for a quote-unquote sleepover. Right, I know. <laughs> It'll be fun for the kids, and then, you know, we okay. can have some alone time together. It's uh, it's me doing a solid for a friend of her. Right. Yeah. yeah. I see how yeah. you're getting the short end of the I, I stick here. But, but it's okay. His, his kid is great. Uh, well, you have to say that, right? I mean, or, yeah, I do. You say? <laughs> <laughs> You're cutting me off at every path. <laughs> you know, your kid is a freaking crazy. Yeah, he doesn't it, go to bed as soon as he gets here. Three is a handful, but mine are more so. <laughs> so, uh, he, yeah, he, his son is totally cool, and so it's um, so I haven't having a sleepover, right? So I'm like, okay. I don't have any extra beds or anything. What do, you know? How should I play this? I'm like, okay, we can camp out on the front lawn. There we go. Get all of them in one tent so that that way they're you know they're all within eyesight, right? Right. 
uh, and I I don't have them in different rooms and wondering where, you know, uh, where <laughs> my, friend, are. You my can friend's just, son is or anything. So. Yeah, you can lock them in a tent and they'll be so excited that they're in the tent outside, they won't even want to leave. Yeah. Uh, so the, the other t- challenge is that my kids go to sleep a couple of hours before his kid, generally. So my kids will be asleep by 7.30 or 8.00. Uh, ish and his kid goes to bed at like 10 which is a big difference and i don't i'm not staying up till 10 also when i got kids i am out just around the time they are i'll tell you right 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 so i'm trying to imagine what's how this whole thing played out so you and this other guy's kid were like watching tv until 10 11, no. while your kids were sleeping no they did they watched an episode of mr rogers together ah because uh, it's the only thing that i let them watch but um they, they did that and then we went out into uh to the tent and my daughter read read some stories mm-hmm. to the kids but they're you know that's a time that's our calm down time right like mm-hmm. calming down or reading a story and then we're zonking mm-hmm. you know well he was into the story uh, for a little bit, and then he's bouncing around, uh, you know, the tent a bit because he's not ready to go to sleep. My daughter starts freaking out, mm. you know, because he's she's ready to go to sleep, and you know, and he's not. He's not right, <laughs> and so that's like that's but, not what she's used to with her whole bedtime routine. So she doesn't know what to make of it. Yeah, so she's shining the flashlight around, and I'm like, turn off the flashlight. Like, you know, the only way to calm him down is to turn off the you know flashlight and start. Mm. It's going to take some time. It took like 15 minutes, and then, you know, everybody was out. But ah. it was a, so not too bad. No, no. Just 15 minutes of chaos. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to like hours worth of, you know, I don't like sleepovers. I'm not getting any sleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she she ended up zonking. The other kid, you know, the, everybody zonked. It worked out. Well, she she woke up at 3 a.m. and went inside. Mm. She was done. I got cold. Yeah. And yeah. That, but um, I was covering um, my buddy's son up and yeah, at like 6 a.m. But he woke up and so everybody was awake by 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. Exciting times. So I told you. Great, great kid story, right? Yeah. I should bring over a... Um, are you planning on another sleepover soon? I'm, I mean, I'm not... I'm not planning on that. No. You're not planning on that. You didn't have such an awesome experience the first time around that you're you're not going to advertise your services for um, no future sleepovers. No, not and tents. Seeking, seeking out additional children in any form. Well, I was going to say you can borrow my little disco light. Oh, okay. Yes, that that uh, the little like from yeah. Amazon that ten dollar little uh-huh. disco light. Yeah. You can plug it in, and then it's like a disco. It's really cool. For like a tent? You want me to use that? You in could a tent? do that in a tent. Yeah. Yeah. That that maybe that'll help them relax and go that, to sleep. Yeah, that'll help them go to They'll sleep. They'll be tripping out on all these uh-huh. lights. Yeah. It's sounds like great. It's like a laser show. Yeah. But yeah, you can get an extension cord and do that. Okay. Uh, yeah. You want to get them to focus. It might have the opposite effect. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our guest for this episode, Jens, shall we? Yes. All right, so um, I mentioned this is Essence. Um, she's uh, on to talk about her recent show uh, at Sweetwater in Mill um, Valley. Have you ever been to Sweetwater? You know what? I'm embarrassed to say this. I have not I... been to Sweetwater. I, I even used to live in Mill Valley, not yeah. for very long, just two years. But, I mean, I'm not very far from there now. Yeah. But I've never been. 
Yeah, it's a cool little venue. I'd never been there either uh, before, but I figured, eh, okay, I'll check it out. I'll take the the kids and we'll go uh, see it. It was a free show. It was a benefit show uh, for uh, Bernie and the Believers to go to Washington, D.C. to be play on a little uh, desk concert. Um, and um, And so... Um, so we talked to Essence. We're going to get into the, uh, that, uh, the show, the, the tour, uh, the, I mean, the show on the East, the shows on the East coast, uh, everything along there. And, um, and we'll get some more info on how you can support Bernie and the believers. Um, and a little more on who Bernie was as well. Before we get into the interview though, let's check out a song from Bernie and the believers set at Sweetwater. This is in your shoes.
Essence, how's it going? It's good. Thank you for your patience. Hey, of course. It goes both ways. So. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So you had a benefit today at the Sweetwater in Mill Valley, which uh, which I'd never been to before today, but is a, a cool little place. Tell me about how that came together. Well, um, I've been working on this Bernie project for the last year and a half, almost. Not quite a year and a half, even maybe like sixteen months. And um, we released this album at Slims in February with Bernie Dalton. And um, I don't know. I I don't know if we talked. I think we talked about that in a, in a previous conversation, um, but without um, you know elaborating too much on on the Bernie project, um, I was just asked by by Irish Greg and Renee if I wanted to do um, a fundraiser to help us go play that Tiny Death concert we're about to play, and. Um, I thought it was a great idea, and we assembled a, a bunch of local musicians. And um, many people reinterpreted Bernie's words and made their own melodies and songs and put their own music to his words. And it was fascinating to hear all the different versions of his his masterpiece. Yeah, Simon's Hero is the song that was covered uh, throughout the uh, afternoon, and there were a lot of different versions, like you said. So, so tell me about how you made your version of that uh, of that song. Um, I guess originally, and uh, and also kind of brought it to life today um, in front of an audience. Really, when I wrote that. Song. I wrote the melody and the music, but Bernie had sent me the lyrics in the mail because he doesn't believe in email. And so they were handwritten lyrics that he, he sent to me. And um, it was a very powerful message that he wrote to his daughter's future children that he didn't think he was going to live long enough to meet because of his um, horrific diagnosis um, of ALS, vulgar onset. So he sent these lyrics, and it was a, an enormous and intimidating challenge to comprehend putting word, you know, music to his words. And um, I didn't want to do it at first, but he was very persistent, and he booked time with me. And uh, we sat down one night, and I just took a big deep breath, and I allowed the force to move through me to channel um, the voice that I imagined that Bernie Dalton would sing them with. And um, what came out was very different than anything that I've ever sung before in my own music. And it was quite um, enlightening and surprising and, um, yeah, powerful experience, something that I couldn't have expected or planned. Yeah, and and so you mentioned the Tiny Desk concert. Tell me about that and uh, um, and what that entails and uh, and coming up with that. Well, we're going to be going to Washington D.C. I'm bringing the full band out there, and um, it's an incredible honor to play at the desk of Bob Boylan, who is a tastemaker and someone who I greatly admire. Um, and we're going to go and we're going to perform after we made a video. That was a submission to the Tiny Desk Contest, which we didn't actually win, but they did feature us on All Things Considered and All Songs Considered, and that's what led to our invitation to perform at this 
wonderful venue. So we're very excited to do it, and we're raising money um, to get our, our band out there. So, uh, so does that have a time frame? Like when do you know, are, do you already have the date set for when you're, you're going out to? Yeah, we're going to be taping the show on October 16th, which is a Tuesday. So we have a new GoFundMe up that is called um, Keep Bernie's Dream Alive. So you can go to GoFundMe.com and search for Keep Bernie's Dream Alive. And you can see our, our tiny desk video entry that led to our invitation to perform. Yeah. One of, so it's an incredible honor. Yeah. And, and one of the unique things, you know, f- about the, the show today was that Bernie was, you know, in a sense there with you. I mean, uh, he was uh, streamed in the in the venue, um, I mean, a live stream while you were performing. So tell me, tell me about how you decided to kind of go about that. Well, it just seemed like the right thing to do. I mean, with the technology that we have these days, um, you know, that wouldn't have been possible, you know, 10 years ago. And it's just, it's amazing. And I, we, we just said, well, why not do that? I mean, he is, you know, this music wouldn't have existed without him. And he's living for this music to be shared with people all over the world. And that's, that's one of the reasons that he, he's fighting to, stay alive and he's on life support in hospital and we thought well why not let him experience us performing his music uh, for people and, and let him get some of that satisfaction while he's here to, to know that his music is actually um, out there in the world and that people are celebrating him and appreciating his beautiful mind and his beautiful heart and and they're moved to tears by the songs that we created together, his words and my melodies and, um, you know, also Roger Rocha and, and Daniel Berkman, who were collaborators. You know, we all did this together. And, yeah, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And your uh, your daughter was there, who's on the album as well. Uh, tell me, I mean, about your, I guess, how she uh, became a part of that album and and her, her understanding, I guess, of uh, what's going on with Bernie. Right. Well, she, um, we didn't plan to have her on it, but Bernie, Bernie's family told us, you know, when they heard that he was making an album, they said, oh, he's been writing little songs since he was a kid. And they said, oh, he wrote this silly song when he was about, you know, five years old. And it was about his nose. And they sang it to us. And um, I thought, oh, gosh, we should, we should include that on the record. It's so, so charming. And so um, it's interesting that my daughter is the exact same age that Bernie was when he wrote that. And so, you know, she was around and it just made, just made sense. It was a coincidence that they were the same age, and then you know, I just thought that it should be sung by a child, yeah. someone who is Bernie's age when he made it. Made that song. It's a very silly song about noses. <laughs> so, it's a pretty cute yeah. way to start the album. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> a little bit unexpected, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, what am I getting into here? And then uh, <laughs> it takes a little time right. there, but. Uh, uh, well, Bernie's a quirky guy. We didn't know if we should put it at the beginning or the end, and then we thought, you know what? 
um, we end the album with him singing, actually the only known recording of him ever singing a song. Tore down, right? We end, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, but we thought, you know, let's just start, because that's such a heavy and powerful recording of him singing. You know, it's the only one that exists, and it was recorded right before his voice disappeared. So on my iPhone, and we didn't know that his voice was going to disappear, obviously. He was there to learn to sing by taking voice lessons with me, and I happened to just record him on my iPhone during one of our voice lessons. And it just so happened to be the only recording that exists of him ever singing. So pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there's nothing before before we went in for vocal lessons, right? I mean, so that's that's kind of the curious thing too, right? Is like he it, it kind of had this turn. He was a guy who uh, you know, f- uh he did he cleaned pools and stuff, right? And and then right. And he had this this need to kind of pass this thing on, you know, down generations in his family and it kind of, it, it sounds like it kind of came from nowhere a, a little bit, right? Well, I mean, it, gets, it, it kind of does seem that way, but I think to Bernie, I mean, he had this lifelong dream his whole life. He dreamed of making an album of his songs, and he played his music all the time. His daughter, Nicole, says that her earliest memories are of her father playing music in the house. She said that he was always playing music and that she would get frustrated because, you know, he'd be playing guitar, and she's like, hey, play with me, play with me, and he didn't want to put his guitar down. All he wanted to do was play guitar yeah yeah so sounds a lot like you know most musicians that i know we get kind of obsessive and i think bernie was no exception he loved music um but you know i think i think a lot of you know it's pretty normal a lot of people aren't encouraged in our culture and our society and by our families to think that that's really a viable option to really pursue your dream of you know making a record and having a career in music. I think it's it's a pipe dream in many people's minds, quote-unquote, a pipe dream. But um, I think at 46 years old, something clicked in Bernie, and he decided that he was ready to make a record. Yeah. And so he responded to my ad for voice lessons, and the rest is history because, you know, that it all happened really fast. Yeah. Really fast, yeah. And, and so around the Tiny Desk concert, you're going to uh, you have some dates that you're going to be playing on the East Coast. Also, um, t- tell me what you have planned there for that. Are you are you going to kind of do the same sort of thing you did today, where you're going to like kind of do the album start to finish, ideally, or what? Are, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think we'll be playing um, a combination of Bernie songs, and we might throw in some of my songs. Um, And the dates, believe it or not, are still being solidified. So they are TBA to be announced shortly. I think my management is still sort of configuring our exact itinerary. Uh But um, it's going to be all built around this tiny desk show. And to be perfectly honest, part of it is going to depend on how much support, tour support we get from the public. Yeah. Because, I mean, the truth of it is, we have um, we have many invitations to play, but none of not all of them will pay for our trip. Right, and it's expensive to keep a band out on the road. That's the reality of it. So we have to see when we finish this, you know, GoFundMe, and, and we're going to have to make a decision pretty quick because right now, 
you know, we don't have enough money to stay out for more than the Tiny Desk concert. That's the truth of it. You know, with the band flying out and hotels and meals and, you know, being able to justify taking time off of their, their day jobs. Everybody needs to be compensated and, and we have to, you know, we have to pay our bills oh, to live in San Francisco. So, yeah, um, I can't afford to foot the bill. And there really isn't, um, you know, we don't have, like, any other money to do this other than what we're getting through this GoFundMe. So, as it stands now, we haven't met our goal financially. Yeah. We've We've reached about the halfway point. So, that's a scary thing to accept a lot of gigs now. You know, some of them, they're, they're really cool venues, and, and some of them will pay a lot, and some of them won't, won't pay, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, right. yeah. And, uh, and so do you, do you envision yourself kind of being able to, uh, to play more, play this music kind of around the Bay Area more, kind of in an area where, you know, obviously it's less financially, uh, less financial burden, you know, to, to be able to do that, but still be able to get the, get the music out, get some response and some um, awareness towards uh, Bernie's music. Absolutely. Yeah, we want to play as much as possible. And I'd love to tour behind this music as much as we can. I believe in the music. I believe in the cause. I think it's really important for awareness um, to be greater around ALS and, and anything that I can do to support um, people knowing what this awful disease is and, 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 and finding ways to get more um, resources to go into research and so that people can have access to experimental therapies would be great. Excellent. Because, yeah, it's really, really um, sad that, you know, there aren't a lot of options for people who have ALS. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not a, yeah. Not a great, you know, win of a story, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty scary. Uh -uh. Everything that's gone on with Bernie himself, you know, um, you know, since you started this venture, right? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's declined very rapidly. It's merciless. He can't move any part of his body except his eyes, and he can smile, and he can cry. Yeah. And that's about it. He just, yeah, he's uh, completely debilitated by this, and it's a terrible disease, and I think that um, it is technically rare, but I think there's still quite a lot of people who get it, and we can name some of you know famous people. Um, you know, there's Stephen Hawking, and there's many famous athletes, and yet there's there's no real treatment for ALS. So I think maybe it's time. I don't think there's any maybe about it. Actually, I think it's time that uh, there's a new face for ALS. And that people know that this is a real person, that Bernie is completely lucid and he has a lot of life in him. And there's, you know, this horrible disease swooped into his life and took his mobility away. And he's trapped within his body and he can't move, but he can comprehend everything just like you or I. He has his full mental faculties, but he can't, he can't move at all. Yeah. So... I would really like to see more funds go into research. Yeah. And um, 
and those experimental drugs, I think that they should be able to be accessible to people if they want to um, if they want to sign a release of liability, I think they should be able to do that. And right now, that's not okay. That's not possible. A lot of red tape on it, huh? What's that? A lot of red tape on those uh, those. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. There's no way that you can try anything. There's no there's no hope for anything. If you have ALS, you're you're in big trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully, you know, this, I mean, we'll, there will be more awareness towards ALS and, and, you know, even being able to do these shows and get the, get the word out there in, in a little capacity will, you know, hopefully make even a, a bit of difference. So, yeah, I mean, I hope so. I think that with, with a genius like Stephen Hawking, who was a victim of it, and there's still not much um, change after losing somebody as, much of a giant, an intellectual giant as he was, um, I'm not sure what it's going to take to get uh, movement and action, but um, but Bernie is a brilliant songwriter and he's a, a beautiful human being and um, we just have to fight the good fight and just like what he says in the song Simon Tiro is to fight upstream against the mainstream for what we believe in. And you know, we have to we have to speak out if we want the system to change. Yeah, and we have to do that. So that's what I'm trying to do by singing his songs and sharing his story is to create movement and change within the medical system for families and patients who have ALS. Yeah, and, and I know this, I mean, being able to live through this, you know, vicariously through through Bernie has obviously impacted you greatly. And, and when we talked last time, you know, we started to talk, I think, about, so, you know, some of your personal music that you'd written since then. Um, you, you talked today uh, about, um, you mentioned briefly that you have a new album coming out and, uh, and played one song from it. What, what can you tell us about that uh, new album? Well, I'm... So excited! Um, it is a work in progress. It is not. It is not coming out like next month or anything. It is, you know, but it is in the works, and um, we have laid down um, all the basic tracks, and I'm so excited by how um, the, the flow has been creatively in the studio. It's been very inspired, and uh, I just can't wait to share it with people. It's it's a, a different sound than my last than anything I've ever done actually. It's much more um organic and and live. And um the songs are a reckoning. It's a celebratory statement. And it's also taking stock really what the record is about is it's it's looking back at my last twenty years of my life and taking stock of um all this all of the the heartache and the joy and um, two marriages and four record deals and two children later, it's um, coming from a place of experience and perspective. And these songs are looking at life um, with a, with yeah a, a new a new frame <laughs> yeah. after all of these experiences and um, lessons learned and. 
again, each song addresses a different a different lesson, and it's very personal. And yet, I think it's also really universal. And, and so, as as we wind up, tell me, like, I mean, I've you know I've listened to a lot of your music, maybe all of it um, that you've released, and um, and I've seen it kind of weave through different kind of stylings, you know, some pop country you know uh folk as well you know uh so tell me like obviously you've got the kids you know the kids music you do is uh, also um wh- what is it for you that kind of ma- you know makes you kind of able to uh, keep diving into different styles and and reinvent your yourself musically like that well i i just love i love music i love songs and i think a great song can be, you know, it can be expressed in many different ways. And um, I'm just a music lover, so I I love lots of different sounds. And I've gone through different phases depending on what has inspired me in the moment that that I'm creating. And I've found um, in the last few years that my tastes have just drawn me back to the roots of what I listened to mostly growing up, what my dad played in the house when I was a kid, and what I heard in the music festivals where my dad went and sold arts and crafts as a hippie in the 70s and the 80s. And, you know, growing up in San Francisco, I heard a lot of great folk music, a lot of great Americana, a lot of great country music, and, you know, just songwriters. I grew up in listening to, you know, Bob Dylan and Neil Young and Carole King and Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and... Dolly Parton and, um, you know, the list goes on. But I think that um, most of the artists that have inspired me the most, they have a story to tell. They're storytellers. And that's what I, how I see my role as a songwriter is I have a story to tell. And there's um, a few, many years, actually, a good, a good more than a decade that I was really into electronic music. And I had a collaborator at that time who was a brilliant programmer. And so that's really what came out in my albums at that time. And he and I parted ways in, you know, like maybe like 2006, somewhere around there. And the, I mean, you know, he he doesn't make music anymore. He went in a different path in his life, and we're still very good friends, but he doesn't make music anymore. He, his, his life took him in a different direction. Yeah. But um, I had to find myself and reinvent myself and figure out who I was outside of the context of that collaboration. And that, you know, again, is one of the, the things that's informed my, my new direction is, you know, the changing of the guard in my life and my relationships, both romantic and creative. And what I've come back to are my roots and who I am without, without my exes and without my previous collaborators. Who is Essence? Yeah. And, and I'm a singer-songwriter, and I play guitar, and I like banjo. I play the banjo, and I play ukulele, and um, I'm even toying with, you know, piano. There's a song that I wrote on piano on this album, and um, I'm just, I'm exploring. And I feel like there's no end in sight to the experimentation and all the different paths there are to go down. And I don't ever get bored with exploring music. Music 
it, it just it's like door one door leads to a hundred more doors. You walk in one room and yeah, there's another hall that opens up with a million other doors down it. And I, I'm I'm fascinated. I don't know why. Sometimes I'm surprised by how fascinated I am by music, but I, I just honestly don't know anything in the world that makes me happier than than music. Yeah. You're following your heart. Yeah. Man. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Essence, I want to thank you for uh, for inviting me, you know, out to the the show again today at uh, Sweetwater. That was really cool, and um, I was able to bring my kids, which is which was fun. It's fun to bring them to to shows, and uh, I think they dug the music. I hope they weren't too loud and <laughs> during it. I tried to keep them quiet, but <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming, and thank you for bringing your kids. And I I think it's really wonderful to share stories like this with our children, even if it is hard to understand. And like you asked before, you know, my daughter doesn't totally, I don't know if she comprehends completely what's going on with Bernie. We talk about it, but I think it is important for children to understand and not be afraid and um, know that we all have a, a life cycle and that every moment counts and every moment is precious and important and that we can be creative and make miracles at any stage in life. Yeah. Even even through great hardship, miracles can still happen and creativity can still, you know, be born. Absolutely. And they, you know, the kids are aware of a lot more than we give them credit for sometimes. I mean, I, yeah, I, you know, I showed the video to, you know, to my kids before the, the Bernie video. Um, and, uh, you know, and so my, my daughter had, you know, obviously she doesn't know everything that's involved, but she had this sense of, you know, um, that there's something bigger and, you know, and that he was, in, you know, in, in pain and everything and, and the good that you were doing around it. And, um, and, you know, on a lighter note, I showed her honeyed out as well, right. You know, before we went to the show and, uh, <laughs> which is, you know, it, which is entertaining. So <laughs> That's one way to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a, on a simplistic level. I know, it, I know for you, it wasn't, it was a, a lot more therapeutic, I guess. Right, is a good way to put it. Uh, yes, I would. I would say, and sticky. Yes, it was very sticky. <laughs> check out, <laughs> check out the Honey Dog video if you haven't seen it. It's, it's, uh, it's something creative. So, yeah. As in, uh, thank you for taking the time, and and yeah, and I appreciate you giving some of your night to, <laughs> to chat again about this. So, uh, yeah. Well, Steve, thank you for thank you for taking the time to come to the show and for supporting this project and and my music and it means a lot to me. Absolutely. Good luck at the Tiny Desk t- concert out on the East Coast. Okay. Thank you. Can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> It'll be great. Okay. Um, well, so be in touch. Yeah, and so I'm, I might do this as a separate episode. I was going to put it in with a different band that I have this next week, but um, um, but it might be just uh, next week's episode because it was um, longer than I expected, which is cool. Um, so um, I will I will let you know when it's uh, when it's up. Okay. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank your boyfriend um, for giving, giving giving some time. Also, okay. You know what? I came upstairs and he was crashed out on the couch. He's totally asleep. <laughs> okay, so, so no show tonight. You're saying uh, it, it worked out really well. It's going to be a pretty exciting night ahead. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it's past my usual bedtime right now. So, <laughs> I'm 
kids will do that, you know? So <laughs> Exactly. I can I'm totally with you. It's been that kind of week. I'm debating if I should push myself and go to this show that I'd like to see or just like give in to the fact that I'm exhausted. What was this what's the show? It's um San Geronimo. Oh, okay. Up at Perry's yeah, in Fairfax. They were playing that uh with um uh sorry, the DJ what was her name? Um Irish, I, Mike and uh, Irish Greg. Uh, Renee, 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 Renee and Irish so, Greg. Yeah, yeah, I, I was way off. Yeah, I was going there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were talking about that before. So, um, yeah, they're a great band. I mean, San Geronimo is awesome. Yeah, well, if you're if you're up to yeah. get out there, always uh, support live music, right? So. Yeah, I'm. To- you know what? I really like them, and they inspire me. So I might just uh, pull the trigger and go. Hey, sounds good. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll chat soon. In essence, and uh, yeah, have sounds a, good. Have a great night. Okay. All right, you too. Be well. All right. Thank Bye. you, Steve. That was the interview with Essence uh, here on Concert Pipeline. And Jens, we've come to the point where we have the last segment in the podcast. What is it? It is time for music news. That's right. Uh, we have some interesting stories this weekend. Um, I'm uh, sad to say I don't have a Dave Grohl story or Foo Fighter story, though. I am disappointed. I know. I've let you down. There's I've been you. such a streak of stories. All right. I'll give Podcast you I'll give you one. Pod- I'll give you an experience. Yes. A secondhand experience. Give me something. A Foo Fighters secondhand experience. Foo Fighters were in San Jose this uh, past week, okay? Here's the story. So, um, you know, my, my my buddy John, who lives in San Francisco, he's, you know, he said he knows someone on the, who works with Foo Fighters or wh- what have you, who's going to, you know, who offered him tickets to the show. You know, he was going to take his room, this girl, and then he was going to take his roommate and whatever. And he didn't want to ask for a second ticket. Um, and, um, and so he went to the Foo Fighters, Right. And then uh, he uh, he called me uh, that that evening. And but I was in a parent meeting at uh, my children's school. And uh, so I didn't answer. Called him back. He was looking for the place to get his pick up his tickets. And he he had uh, an extra pass to the Foo Fighters. Mm. Yes. Ah. And uh, and so I'm like, okay, yeah, thanks. I. I mean, I could maybe it'd be it'd be really tight, but um, I had plans with uh, my girlfriend Tracy. She was making me dinner, something uh, you know. She's she's leaving town, go to a festival, and was making me dinner. I mean, how how lucky am I? Right? Very nice. Yeah, and so uh, so I was like, nah, not just for a take one a ticket. If he'd let me know in advance, you know, I'm sure that would have been cool. Uh, but or if he had backstage passes or something, right? Right. And uh, but which he didn't signify that he had. And so, um, so while he's there, I mean, he told me uh, that he had a pass, and he was like, he was like, I'm five feet from Dave Grohl right now. And wow. I'm like, okay. And I was like, okay, this is before they were set to go on. You know, a couple mm-hmm. hours before they were, you know, headliner would go on. So I'm like, you did get backstage? What? You know? He's like. Kinda, or something. I guess there was a VIP area with some food and snacks and stuff before, and they were hanging out in there. So, oh. 
I could have been, you know, met Dave Grohl. You could have been part of that. Yeah. John didn't go up and talk to Dave Grohl. He was too shy or whatever, but... uh, Wow. But, I, yeah, I could have. You could have been I, there. But, yeah, I wasn't invited until last minute. It's in San Jose, and I'm like, there's no way, you know? So, Did Tracy make you cookies? She did not. Because if she had made you those delicious cookies with the yeah, I know, dove the char- chocolate yeah, in them, I know. Yeah. then it would have been okay. Yeah, you would have missed would out have, on the whole Dave been, Grohl okay, thing. Okay, you know? sacrifice. But only if she had made cookies. It's the only way. Dang. Yeah. Dang. You know, in a parallel life, uh-huh. <laughs> the opportunity would have been there. Yeah. For me to have cookies and go to... Oh, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't considered that, but definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so that was the Foo Fighters story for you, Jens. Okay. Uh, does that hold up? That totally holds up. I'm happy now. Okay. So uh, why don't you hit us with a story? Okay. I got a story. So... Let's talk about the crash test dummies. Okay, so... Guess what they're doing. Um, say they're reuniting. They're, I th- I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're reuniting. They are. Oh, my God. That's totally what they're doing. In fact, they're reuniting for mm, anniversary tour. Yeah. Do Did you know who the crash test dummies were, Jens? They are a Canadian folk rock group. Okay. Do you know their song? Mm-mm-mm. No, I have no idea what that is. Okay. Well, and I didn't know they were from Canada until just now. And that, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh my God, I love this song. <laughs> of course you do. Or wait a minute, is this a song I hate? <laughs> it's either, it's a love hate. Okay. How does the chorus go? Keep on. Uh, there's not really a chorus. <laughs> he just talks like this. Hi, oh. I'm gonna sing you a song <laughs> now. Okay, so I rem- I'm remembering, um, you know, hearing that song for the first time and thinking, oh wow, that's a really cool voice. Oh, this is a cool song. I like this song. But then, it's one of those songs that just does not leave your head you know you you keep on playing it in your nightmares in your nightmares right and then unfortunately you know when the when songs like that when you have that experience with with a certain song it kind of ruins ruins it for you but so they're reuniting and they so they're they're reuniting i forgot this was a story that i was (laughs) talking about you're in the middle of telling us a breaking story (laughs) exactly yeah so anyway um so that was their oddball hit from 1993. Yep. Uh, it faded into obscurity. As did they. As did they and all of their follow-ups. Yes, and anything, and any uh, fan that they ever temporarily had. Yep, <laughs> and they are, are largely remembered for that dude's May they rest really in peace. deep, you know, strong baritone <laughs> voice, mm-hmm. Mr. Brad Roberts. Yeah, may, may they rest in peace, right? Yeah. Wait a minute. So Weird Al had a parody of this? I don't know. Did he? I don't, I uh, to get a memorable out of Robert simply humming 
and Weird Al Yankovic's mm-hmm yeah. parody headline news. Okay. Where Are he you... used the template of the song to sing about Tanya Harding and someone else. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know where this story's going. So I have no idea where this story's going. Um, but anyway, so there's that. Um, they've been inactive since 2001. But, oh yeah, it's about their reunion, right? Oh, okay. That's they're right. They're reuniting. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, but in November, they are coming together for a tour honoring the 25th anniversary of that breakthrough album. No way. Called God Shuffled His Feet, which features... Mm, Oof. They okay. are going to play the album straight through. It, for the audience of two. Yes. Yeah. Um, along with other fan favorites like Superman Song and no. the Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead. No, those aren't fan favorites. No, there's no way. I don't know what that yeah, stuff is. I don't is. know what that is either, but anyway. So, uh... You know, uh, this was a big hit in Canada as well, so they're thinking this is what they're going to do. All right. Well, wish them the best of luck. How about that? Yeah. Well, before we say goodbye to this story, (laughs) let's talk about all the tour dates (laughs) they've got going on. Okay. All of them. Um, Yeah. All of which are not in Canada. Are they in Kansas? Are they in Canada? Let's see how far, uh, how close to Canada they are. They are pretty northern. I mean, Minnesota, Illinois. Michigan. Um, anyway, okay. you got a story for us? You, thanks to the crash tech test dummies. <laughs> uh, yes, my st- uh, story actually involves a band that uh, we covered on the uh, podcast here. Um, we did. When was that? Oh, no, actually, we're, we're covering it on uh, the next podcast here. Not the one we're doing now? No. no. Okay. Uh, we'll cover it next next week. But... Uh, we are going to cover a uh, journey show with, uh, Def Leppard and Foreigner. Um, also, so we'll have a, some stories about Foreigner and, and because they're going to, I'm going to have a, a, yet another meet and greet with them, which is really awesome. So, Fantastic. That is something to look forward to but, for sure. Yeah. This story is about journey. So, um, it's really important that you don't stop believing, right? Uh, yeah. You don't stop believing. Sing it. No. Not before. Don't stop believing that Steve Perry will come back and there will be a reunion. I mean, yeah. Don't stop believing. No, he might. You never know. Uh, Probably won't be there uh, at uh, at ATT Park. Um, this week, but um, Journey's Neil Schlong, uh, Journey's Neil Sean. Uh, Did you say Schlong? <laughs> You're talking about Neil Schlong, right? Uh, is excited for Steve Perry's return to music. Um, so with Steve Perry returning to music after a long absence, no one is more happy to hear his voice again than his former Journey bandmate Neil Sean. Uh, Perry said in a recent interview that he's not interested in reuniting with his former band uh, and believes that current frontman Arnel Pineda is a great singer. But Perry's focusing on his solo music and said, I have so many other thing- songs uh, ready to be recorded. So Really? Yeah. 
So. Well, that is interesting. I wonder what kind of musical style he's going to go with. You know, it's going to be the same old style or something new, new side of Steve Perry. Could be. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think there's. I mean, there's some issues. Like he had some vocal issues or whatever too, right? I have no idea. I thought he just was sick of sick of it. You know, he did. He did, he had a solo career. He did like hey, uh, like the, that Sherry song. Okay. Oh Sherry, dun, 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 dun. he had at least one album. I think after that. Oh, I don't. I, I don't know about that. So, um, all right. Yeah, that's my story. Ends. What do you got? Well, um, let me tell you about why the joint tour was canceled. The joint tour. What's the joint tour, Jens? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so there was a joint tour that was canceled. Oh, okay. It was a uh, uh, Lady Gaga. Okay. And... Kane West. Oh, God, you did it again. <laughs> you did it again, Jens. Really? Cayenne. We were going with Kane and Cayenne. Is that what we're doing? Cayenne? Kane. Kai. This is Kanye. Yeah, there Thank you, you. Wow. Third time's a charm. That was like the seventh time you started. That was like the like, third time. You definitely started through at least six of those. Whatever. <laughs> so Kanye West. West. Yes. Uh, was on a joint tour <laughs> with Lady Gaga. Okay. And they, uh, I guess that tour got canceled. Uh, why? Well, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, the two <laughs> stars were due to hit the road together in 2009. Okay, that was a while ago. Um, Lady Gaga has spoken about the tour since she and Mr. West were due to embark back in 2009. Um, the Fame Kills tour would have seen Gaga and West co-headline a series of dates across North America in support of the pop stars, the Fame Monster EP, and the rappers 808s okay. and Heartbreak album. All right. Okay. The planned tour never took place. It was canceled shortly after West interrupted Taylor Swift's winner speech wow, at okay. the MTV Video Music Awards. Yeah, that was a while ago. We're going huh? back. Yeah. yeah, we are going back. But I remember how crazy that was. Uh, no reason was given for the cancellation at that time. Uh, Lady Gaga, however, was asked about the tour in an interview to promote her upcoming movie, A Star is Born, which I've heard she is really good in. Is she? Okay. Um... Uh, and so is what's his face? Um, yeah, the other one. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, the other guy uh, in that movie. Russell Brand? No. <laughs> nah. Anyway. Um, also, great actor. Great actor. Uh, uh, like the the story, Silver Storyline Playbook or whatever that movie was. Sure, we'll go with that. Broderick, no. Um, Bailey. Oh, Matt. No, not Matt Damon. No. Bradley. Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Cooper. Yes. Uh, see? Wow, that was that close. Was, that was sad. Okay. Anyway, so anyway, they, they work really well together, apparently, as I've heard in that movie. Oh, great. Okay. Anyway, so a star is born. Yes. I think that everybody has a threshold and everyone's human and artists are human, said Lady Gaga. This film also deals with mental health, substance abuse, and addiction. A lot of trauma as well uh, for Jackson. So, um, 
Yeah. I don't know what the point of the story That's, is. It, yeah, it doesn't sound like it has a, a great. Uh, this whole story yet. goes right into the movie now. Okay, forget the movie. Uh, no one's going to see the movie. Okay, I'm skipping over the movie thing. Um, working alongside Bradley Cooper. Okay, that's more movie stuff. Yep, that's in the movie. Okay. There's very little here about the show this. or Kanye West. Okay, so. Kyan. Kyan, okay. And next story. You got what you got. Great, great job, Jens. Thank we, you. we want our money that back. That was one on of my story. better moments. Was that it? That was it? Yeah. That was one of my better stories, I think. Oh, glad to hear it. Had Bradley it. Cooper in it. Okay. Uh, well, my story, Jens, involves the weekend in Daft Punk, and they're being sued over claims they ripped off a poet on Starboy. So um, they're uh, reportedly being sued by a Somali-American poet, uh, Yasmina, uh, for ripping off her song, Who, Who You? And it's a $5 million lawsuit. Uh, Yasmina accuses the French duo uh, and um, uh, The Weeknd of stealing the beat uh, for their track, Starboy. She also accused them of using the same hook, same key, and same tempo. Uh, and so uh, the trio released Starboy in 2016. Okay, you following? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, and yeah, Good, good job. Uh, thank you for reciting that back to the class. Uh, and Yasmina released her song in 1999. Uh, and so she also claims that they uh, only know about her songs because of his East African background. Uh, so we're going to listen to both tracks, and you'll tell me your your thoughts, okay? Oh, I have to pay attention to this? Okay. Yes, you're going to have to tell me what you think, if these sound similar. You ready? Okay. So this... this uh, I got a good ear for this. The first one is uh, Starboy with, uh, featuring The Weeknd and Daft Punk. Okay, let's... let's Okay, they don't sound the same. Okay, that was the first one. Uh, now let's play uh, "Who You" by Yasmina. Okay, ready? We're gonna we're gonna play just the beginning of that. Okay. Okay. Those sound similar. How the hell do those two sound similar? Uh, I don't know. According to TMZ, Yasmina threatened to testify, uh, threatened them with legal action before claiming that two of her producers had previously reached a settlement. Uh, she claimed that she never got a cut of the alleged settlement, which has caused her to, to sue uh, them again. So, so are you sure you played the right two songs? Those are the two songs, sir. And what part of them are similar? I have no idea. I don't know. We're not listening to the whole thing. So okay, but I think. Should have been that beginning piece. So. I think I might have to listen to it again. Uh, we're not going to do that. Oh, so okay. you have to do that on your own time. Yeah, I'm studying. I'm going to study this. I need to give it at least three hours before I go to bed. Okay, you give it some time. You report back. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, our show for today, Jens. Uh, a fun one indeed. So, um, yeah, should we say? Uh, we got coming up on the podcast. Yeah, we are closing in on the 200th episode. We're not quite there yet, but 
Yes. Soon. But ne- next week on the podcast, uh, we will have Lucy Spragan, uh, who I'm interviewing at Bottom of the Hill in San Francisco. And uh, so we'll have our next time. We'll have another one after that. And then we'll have the Big 200, and that is going to be featuring Ben Fong Torres, uh, former editor of Rolling Stone magazine. Um, and um, I got a chance to interview him um, at his home. It was a really fun conversation and a really insightful interview. Uh, so we will bring that, be bringing that to you, as well as a bunch of other shenanigans in 200. Yeah. Stuff to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, every time you mention bottom of the hill, I always have to ask you, okay, Steve, which hill is it at the bottom of? Portrero. Are you sure? Yes. We, we looked that up last time, and I, I was right. Thank it you. It sure isn't. Like Bernal Heights? Sure. Or, or not. some other hill? No, no. Okay. All right. We're trying to wind this out, Jens. Thank you to Essence for being on the program. Uh, we are going to close this out with a song uh, f- from Bernie and the Believers. Uh, be- I think I said Believers, but I meant Believers. Ber- Bernie and the Believers. Yes. <laughs> Bernie and the Believers set um, at... Uh, um, and uh, where did they play? Oh yeah, they they played. bottom of the hill. No, they didn't play at bottom of the hill. Sweetwater, that's what I meant. Um, and uh, and so this is a song uh, that uh, they actually entered into the um, the contest for the Tiny Desk series that they're going to Washington D.C. for. Uh, this is a song called "Unusual Boy" for all of us here at Concert Pipeline. That's Jim Schiffel. And that is Steve Jones. We'll catch you next time.